Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I like the quietness of, okay. of just getting on with stuff. So I, I wouldn't have music in the background. But I do jump up and down before yes, I start, particularly when I do really classes. Does. Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas, and welcome to another episode of the Bake Down Podcast. I hope everybody is having a lovely holiday, a lovely festive season. Uh, I am Sarah. I'm going to be hosting today, and with me, as always, we have the lovely Howard, Jane, and Dan, and we're going to be covering the Bake Off Christmas episode. Now, this was a very special episode, not only because we had six bakers, where we usually have four, but there was somebody very special in it. Who could that be? Oh, it's very special, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Sorry. Always supporting me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but now this is the hat trick. We've had Howard, Jane, and now we've had Dan in the Christmas tent. Dan, how did it yeah. go? How did you feel it went? Well, why don't we discuss it as the episode goes on? No, it was it was uh it was very nice uh to be back, to be honest. I wasn't really expecting to ever go back. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a super fun experience. And the only thing uh, that it was really missing was uh, the lovely Jane and Howard. It would have been Aww. lovely. We've talked on, Aww. we have talked on the podcast. We'd love to go back and do one together. Jane mainly just as so she can beat us and get another victory under yeah. her belt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that would have been lovely. But as a second best, I'll take, uh, you know, the Christmas special with uh, one person from each of the other Channel 4 years. So that's what they did. They had uh, Sophie from the year before. Then it was me. Then it was Amelia. Then it was, oh, goodness, who was next? Linda? Yeah, I would say Linda. <laughs> then George, then Carol. Yeah. So, yes, we had the lovely Sophie Faldo, who was the uh, 2017 winner from Series 8. We had Dan, who was in Series 9 in 2018. Who was in Series 9, yeah. Yes, we had Amelia LeBruin from Series 10. <laughs> 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 the star of series no yeah <laughs> Howard you should do these announcements <laughs> oh I'm out of a job here 
<laughs> we had Amelia LeBruin, who was from Series 10 in 2019, Linda Rayfield from Series 11 in 2020, George Aristodou, I hope I've got that right, from Series 12 in 2021, and lovely Compost Carol Edwards from Series 13 of 2022. So, Howard, what did you think of the episode overall? I thought it was lovely, but I, I mean, Dan said it would uh, it would be nice to debate with uh, with me and Jane, but yeah, you were at a bit of a disadvantage, weren't you? The new year is easier to win, isn't it? If you've only got four bakers, odds on yeah. you've got a better chance. But yeah, six six is quite a few to to uh, to go into the ten. But um, it is. I have to say, we uh, we walked into the uh, hotel and there was uh, I, someone said, oh, you know, I, you assumed there were going to be four people. And one of the yeah. production staff said, oh, there's going to be six this year. And I thought, oh, that's my chance of winning. <laughs> and then uh, and then Sophie Faldo walked into the hotel and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's gone down again. Uh, so, no, no, going into it, I knew that it was, uh, you know, it wasn't certainly wasn't a foregone conclusion that I was going to win this one, sadly. Oh. But uh, you did say you were a little bit starstruck by seeing Sophie. Yeah. Well, she she won it the year before before I went into the ten. So uh, it was kind of she was sort of the reigning reigning champion. And I know you know uh, it's uh, it's been a while, six years now. Maybe people won't remember her, or maybe certainly the the newer fans won't remember her. But I I certainly did. You you had the advantage as well of of meeting the lovely Alison, didn't you? So it's like I loved Alison, yeah! and I have to say, so I can't discuss when we filmed it, but I met Alison a while ago. Uh, so um, I was, you know, couldn't say anything, obviously, but I wanted to tell everyone how amazing Alison was and how much I loved her, and I've had to wait until quite recently to do that. So that's that's been a shame. But no, I love Alison. I think she's amazing, and I did sort of go up to her in the tent, and I just said, "Listen, I just know everyone's going to love you. You're going, you know, for real. Like you're going to be so popular." The public will love it. You're brilliant. Such a great addition to the tent. And she was just sort of very sort of polite and yeah, thank you very much. But like I really, I could just tell instantly that she was going to be really, really good for the show. Um, so yeah, it was lovely, lovely to meet her. Oh, oh, and she has been a breath of fresh air. She's yeah. really uh, enlivened it. It needed something like that. It needed a wee bit of a shot in the arm, I think, because only fourteen series. Just needed mm. a bit of a lift, and she was the lift it needed. I, I didn't really know much about her because she does a lot of daytime telly, doesn't she? So, and I don't watch a lot of daytime telly, but oh, she's just wonderful. I can't wait to meet her, and uh, if ever I will. Uh, no, she's lovely, and I'm glad she's as nice in real life as we think she is on the telly, Dan. So it's a good insight. Yeah, I think one thing is like when Noel comes around, he's very funny, but he's come he comes around to do his little bits. Do you know what I mean? Um, but Alison, it just seems like a genuine expression of care when she comes around to see you. She's like, "How are you doing? How are you getting on?" You know, and it, and even though she's not sort of prepared a hilarious bit, like she's just sort of it feels like she actually cares about the bakers and i think uh that was really nice mm. um so there, there was a nice touch and you can tell when someone actually cares and alison definitely actually cares so yeah oh, I, i've nice. got nothing nothing but positive things to say about alison oh how lovely how fantastic lovely. well let us start off then with our christmas episode uh this was as we've said the the ghosts of baker's past 
which sounds, it's meant to sound more Dickens than like a haunting, uh, <laughs> given that it's Christmas. Um, but yes, yeah, somebody from each of the years that it has been on Channel 4 or for anybody who doesn't watch it on British television, for every year that Prue has been a judge in the tent. Yeah. So our signature challenge was 12 decorated mince pies. Uh, any pastry could be used, but the filling must use festive flavours that have good festive memories. And this was a two-hour challenge. And this sounds really weird to then be reeling off, like Dan made and you're right here. So this is <laughs> going to be a bit of an odd <laughs> podcast today. Um, but Dan, let's start off with you then. Mince pies, how did you feel about this? A good classic challenge. Um, yes, I mean, it's a very classic Christmassy challenge, isn't it? Um, I think we all like mince pies, or certainly those of us above a certain age like mince pies. Um, yeah, so I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, and I'm only a little bit annoyed that more of me making them didn't get into the show, because obviously, like, we have, we, you know, you know what you did. And there were, like, I, for example, I used uh, Portuguese custard tart uh, tins because they gave them a really nice shape and I was able to get them out easily. And I thought they would show that because I thought that was a really good trick to help get really beautiful mince pies and they didn't even show that I'd used those tins. I was like, oh. So there's, <laughs> that, was, that was the only bit I was annoyed about. It's just that sometimes the things that you want the public to see or you want people to see are not the bits that get included and that's a bit annoying because I was so proud of how they turned, like visually, how they all looked out and everything and uh, they didn't really show that at all so I was like oh okay fair enough well Dan this is your time to tell us what you did that didn't make the edit this is your time I I just guess it's more interesting watching people struggling to get their pastry out of tins than it is to watch someone you know just sort of taking things do out casually. really well <laughs> yeah well well I mean I didn't do the whole thing really well obviously which we'll get on to um but yeah that we had a couple of people have problems with really short crumbly pastry which I mm. thought was uh a curious mistake to make. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's not a mistake that I usually make. If anything, my pastry is more likely to be on the tough side. Yeah, ditto. Unless I'm making a, or trying to make a gluten-free one, and then it gets quite crumbly, simply because I haven't put... Mm. I think you say put some egg white in or egg in, don't you, mm. Howard? So that would be the only time. But normally, short crust, a, a rich short crust, should be really quite stable but still quite lovely. So, yeah, I, I was quite surprised that they struggled. But tell me, Dan, I want to know how you made those cherries, because we didn't see how you did... Did you pipe them? How did you do that? Because they looked very cartoon cherry like which i thought mm, was charming lovely. absolutely charming um yeah so i just had like a cherry cookie cutter and i put a made a pastry hats that were shaped like the cherries and had and the indentation of the pattern in and then i just went over them in royal icing that was flavored okay. with almond which they didn't eat but uh they just picked it off and put it to one side i was like that would have added to the flavor but uh yeah they uh <laughs> i was really happy with how they turned out visually but um the judges did not love them and that was frustrating and i'll tell you why because, for two reasons. First of all, most of the stuff I made in the tent, they have liked. So it's just annoying that on this occasion, the thing that I thought was delicious, they didn't think was delicious. But also, I tried them on people at home. And we sort of said, like, you know, I made a few varieties. And I said, like, which one do you like the best? And everyone agreed that that was the one I liked the most. And everyone that I shared them with agreed that that was the best one. And then when I got home again, I was like, I'm sure they were delicious. And I made them again and still thought they were delicious. So I don't really know why they didn't like them no. uh, so no they just said i think they said they were sort of a bit one-dimensional in terms of flavor which is you know they were sort of very cherry i'll, I'll give you that but yeah it was, it was a shame because i was really happy with them and they they didn't love them <laughs> Sad. Well, i think mince pies are a 
a little bit one-dimensional. I mean, mine are very citrusy, I think, because I put quite a lot of citrus in my mincemeat. And they maybe... So do you put some sort of cherry liqueur into it, didn't you? Is it a... Yeah. They saw that, and in their head, they thought, because I hate sort of cherry liqueur chocolates and things like that. Cherry liqueur. Oh, I love those. See, that's oh, the difference in your experience. I don't like that. And maybe they saw that, and actually, that was what was in their head rather than what they were eating. I don't know. I thought they looked absolutely delightful. I, I really did. I thought they were a lovely idea. So what else? What other fruity well, comes just all being cherry in there? Was it? No, it was, it was sultanas, you know, raisins, currants, oh, yeah. uh, okay. citrus peel, um, and then there were morello cherries, and then some amarena cherries, and then the the cherry liqueur. But it's a maraschino, so it's made with the kernels mm. rather than being cherry. Oh, I love so, a maraschino mm-hmm. cherry. I love that flavour. In my mind, it was great, and in my mouth, it was great, but they didn't love it. So, no, oh. I don't know. I think you said you were gutted. That's what you said. Yeah, well, it's just the thing is, I thought, you know, when you go back in, you obviously hope that you will do well. And it was something that I thought was really delicious, but they they didn't agree. But I tasted a couple of other people's and they were delicious, you know, so um, maybe they were just it was a very high standard and they didn't think they were as as special as some other ones. Do you know whose were really delicious? Amelia was just behind me and I ate those. They don't seem to like us eating each other's food in the tent, but Amelia's were lovely. Um, I think she had, she struggled a little bit with uh, the the appearance, and I think she was getting herself quite wound up that they weren't as beautiful as they might have been. But they were absolutely delicious, really, really nice. Yeah, she'd use that aroma de panettone, hadn't she? Which mm. I think I, we probably say very similarly because we've been aroma de panettone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it it does sound quite nice, actually. Yeah, well, I've, I've yeah. see, seen it advertised, and it does sound nice. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I hadn't, mm. I hadn't heard about it, actually. I have it. I quite often use it to flavour uh, the filling for macaron. Uh, it's just oh. sort of citrusy and vanilla-y and a little bit spicy, a little bit cinnamony, maybe. It's just sort of general panettone loveliness. Oh. I don't know. It's sort of hard to describe. I must get some, actually, because I love a panettone. Mm. They don't make a gluten-free one, sadly. She put prunes in hers, Amelia, though, doesn't didn't she? Because she was saying they were a bit yeah. like slugs, slugs, I think, or something Such like that. Such a charming turn of phrase. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, love I do love prunes. I, I thought that looked delicious, actually, but pastry was a bit thick, I think. Thick, a little say? thick. A yeah. little thick. Yeah. So this was Amelia's lovely uh, panettone pastry. She had a spiced apple mincemeat with some prunes or slugs, depending on your point of view. Um, <laughs> and she had some, I think they were rather pretty star decorations. I don't think they were, I mean, they might have been a tad rough and ready, but I don't think it was uh, It was that oh, bad. Oh, no. I, I think it was the pastry, nice. actually. I think it was the pastry. Every single one of us, from memory, had like positives and then at least one sort of negative. So I think it wasn't... Uh, a signature. Oh, maybe Carol had only positive. I think Carol had very. She had the tropical one, didn't she? And that yeah, she, too that much crumble. No, she had too much crumble. Yeah, she had too much yeah. crumble. Ah. I think Sophie was the only one that didn't have a negative. I think. Wait, wait. Were you kicking your? Well, you wouldn't know, would, would you, Dan? When you turned up oh. with this lovely idea for cherry and almond, and then Sophie's doing something very similar. Did and also I thought you George. just put and two George. fingers <laughs> up at me. Then. Oh no, 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 no! I say two other bakers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems a lot of people like cherry and almond. It yeah. seems like it's quite a classic sort of Christmassy kind oh, of uh, flavour. So, yeah, not too surprising, I suppose. Can I just say one thing? 
always. When um, I think it was Alison said something about, oh, are you worried about the people behind you? She went, you would have said, yes, of course, because they're all great bakers. You would say that, yeah. wouldn't you? you something wouldn't like say, that, yeah. No idea how good these guys are, meaning they could be crap. And I thought <laughs> that was perhaps not that she, you know, maybe maybe the diplomacy course didn't work. Well, maybe she hadn't watched Bake Off since she was on it. Maybe she thought, um, now I've been on it, the show's yeah. peaked. It's all that here. Maybe <laughs> I, just, I just wrote it down thought, even if you don't think it. You say it, don't you? Because mm. it's like judging a kid's well. cake competition when something looks like a car crash. You go, well done. You know, it looks fabulous. And, I can you see know. how hard you worked on it. Yes, yes. I can see yeah. how hard you worked. And you just don't do, don't you? And I would have thought, I no no idea how good these guys are. Yes, you yes you do. They made it onto the show just like you. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah sorry, sorry, Sophie, if you're listening. I just thought that was a bit. Yeah, I've I've seen or, or them. Maybe I she, know. No I was say, maybe, maybe she had seen them, so she was like, "Yeah, I could be." These yeah, guys. maybe. <laughs> Yeah, like I am the only finalist here. Duh. <laughs> yeah, of course it's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did we think of Linda's mince pies? Um, she had a traditional mince pies. Uh, that's all that was said. I assume that was the classic um, currants and raisins fillings and a traditional sort of nice um, short crust pastry. But she had these three D um, marshmallow snowmen. On the top, would you want a big bite of marshmallow with your mince pie, Howard? Not me personally, uh, no, because I think I think the, the the kind of the way that a mince pie is constructed, you you do want that kind of mouthfeel, don't you? You want to bite into it and get either a crumbly or or frangipan topping or a pastry topping and the filling and the uh, the pastry on the bottom, but you've got to with. Uh, Linda, she'd got to kind of bite through that marshmallow first. You? Oh, You'll have to like bite the whole mouthful of marshmallow off first before you yeah. can eat it normally, won't yeah. you? Yeah. So, yeah. but I thought they were great. They uh, look lovely. Like, yeah. Appearance. Yeah. They look lovely. And do you know what else is lovely? Linda, such a sweet woman. Um, I love Linda a lot. Like they're all lovely, obviously. Um, but Linda was sort of very like motherly and very kind. And I really, really like Linda. I liked her on a series and she's exactly the same in real life. Just a real sweet, lovely woman. So oh. I've got a lot of time for Linda. Really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I think she had a couple of problems. She had the crumbly pastry. Mm. And yeah. I'm not quite sure how you would have eaten it. But I thought visually, like the TV, it looked great. And uh, she had some positive comments as well. I think they really loved the flavour of that as well. And the marshmallow was complimented too. So I think, although it's not exactly what I would have t- attempted or the style I would have attempted, I th- thought it was good and, um, you know, obviously tasted lovely. So I think Linda did a good job. I thought they were delightful. And they said the flavours were lovely. The thing is with a challenge like this, I don't decorate my mince pies. I'll put a star on. I'll maybe yeah. put a crumble mm. topping on. Um but I think that the pastry, as you were saying, Howard, it's the balance between the pastry and the, and the sweet filling. And I would not decorate my mince pies in, in any way other than pastry or crumble or frangipan with some almonds on the top. or A, a, a sprinkle dr- of icing sugar. A, a sprinkle of icing sugar or a mm. drizzle of icing if I was making a frangipan topping one just to give mm. it a little bit of something. I wouldn't cover one with a load of fondant. So for me, Sophie's ski-themed ones, which... 
Oh, God, I'm not really knocking Sophie because she's perfectly lovely. I, d- I just thought they were a bit boring, the, the top, although they seem to love them. You know, um, I wouldn't put a great lump of fondant on the top because there's enough sweetness in the filling. You don't need that. Um, and I thought we do things when we're given a challenge like this, we do things that are going to look visually really interesting that we probably would never do at home mm. because of the balance and mm. the marshmallow being one of them, that too much sugar. However, to tick the brief, which is sort of highly decorated mince pies, I thought it was genius. I thought the marshmallow snowman was a fantastic idea and they looked lovely. Mm. So sometimes we forget that they're told to decorate these things. Do you yeah, remember when they had true. to decorate brownies a couple of years ago in the series and they were absolute <laughs> yeah. disaster? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You do not need to cover some of these things. What do they call them? Gild the lily. You don't yeah. need to do that. So... Although it may not be something I would have chosen to eat, I thought for this challenge, Linda's idea was the best one there. Well, present company accepted with your delicate Of course, cherry of course. It goes without so saying. It goes without saying. <laughs> for the rest of the episode, it goes without saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was genius. And I pity about the pastry because I thought it was a lovely, lovely idea. Mm, yeah. But I would like to say about Amelia, because I was all the way through going... She strips the paper in the tin, helps you lift them out, because that's what we do all the I time. I wrote that down. And strips the paper, <laughs> strips the paper, really helps you get them out, because if you're, oh, you're sticky bits I knew you'd meat, bring that up, Jane. I knew you knew. I knew you knew I knew you knew and all that. Um, but to see Amelia do it was like, yes, I mean, it was fantastic. <laughs> the technique lives on. The technique lives on. But it, you know, anybody who doesn't make mince pies or anything with a sticky filling or anything that's difficult to get out or you haven't got a loose bottom tin, just to lift them out. And mince pies especially, because once that sticky stuff cools a bit and sticks to the side of the tin, it's impossible to get them out without sort of running a knife around it and, and wrecking your pastry. So anybody, you know, use those strips of paper to get out any pies out of those little tins because it was brilliant. And good on you, Amelia. I was delighted to see you do that. A woman after my own heart. For anybody that's done any Bake with a Legend classes or for any hosts that have watched lots of Bake with a Legend classes, you definitely pick up on people's individual techniques. And then when you do them yourself, you're like, Jane would be so proud of me. Or how would be so proud of me that I'm doing this? When I made my mince pies the other day, I was like, cut out the strips, line the thing. And I was like, oh, God, Jane would be so proud of me as I took them out. So it yeah, works. You, you, you can't, work. We can't go on without mentioning your mince pies no your mince pies hey, come Sarah, on you've got, got you've got to say yay I'm mince so pie expert yeah well i i feel yeah uh i <laughs> i entered a very very prestigious very prestigious very hugely famous not remotely famous at all <laughs> uh, my local pub had a mince pie bake-off uh at the beginning of december i entered mine and i came second which yay. i was very very proud of and yay. do you want to tell everybody what you made because they looked <laughs> delightful they really i feel like you're all proud parents so like now tell me what I made. Tell <laughs> <laughs> um well i'm not a fan of mince pies i don't like the raisins i for some reason raisins and me just don't agree all that much so um i did apple uh apricot cotton cranberry and I put like all the orange and cinnamon in there and I used browned butter for the pastry which is a revelation I'll be doing from now on 
was absolutely fantastic. And uh, yes, a crumble topping as well, because I, I had no idea how to decorate them, but I thought, make it look purposefully messy and I'll and I'll be fine. Always a good So tip, that crumble yeah. topping was the way, I know. And with a bit nice. of gold on the they top. So again, a woman after and my the gold heart glitter. with some gold glitter yeah. on the Yay, top. Yay, it's Christmas, so why not? So yes, I, I didn't win anything, but I got the pride of saying I came second. Yeah, they yeah. look lovely. Fun. I thought they looked that was fun. the nicest oh, in the picture you. of swans two and three. So, yes, oh. well, thanks. Well done. So, we're all the winners of something here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we are. Fabulous. So, yes, that was our signature challenge uh, with everybody doing really well. I don't think anybody had, even the people that struggled with the pastry didn't have a complete disaster. Everybody had. Good flavours, good looks, good pastry. So still anybody's game at this point, all to play for. Now, the technical challenge this year was a cinnamon snowflake bread. And this was sort of an enriched dough uh, in a sort of a tear and share style um, with a cinnamon sugar filling, which was a two hour and 45 minute challenge. Now, Dan... There was some lovely shots of everybody's confused faces as as Alison and Noel were announcing what the challenge was. Was this the sort of challenge that you just really couldn't see it until you started twisting it? Well, actually, there was a trend for this a couple of years ago or a few years ago, um, but I couldn't remember how they made them. And uh, they said, I don't know, if, I don't remember if it made the edit, but they said, you know, shaping is the hard bit kind of thing. And I looked at the instructions, and I thought, oh, the shaping sounds really easy. And then I got the shaping wrong. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, was a tr- it was trickier than I expected. <laughs> I think you were supposed to put the circle cutter in the middle and then, like, cut the strips, you know, cut around it, but not actually push the cutter down. You know, the cutter was a guide, mm-hmm. and I didn't get that memo. I just pushed the cutter straight down, and then was like, oh, oh, no, I don't think it's supposed to have a hole there. So, um, yeah, whoopsie. Uh, but it was just bread at the end of the day, wasn't it? It's just bread. We know sort of roughly what we're looking at. I think, uh, Jane, you'd have been all right in this one, wouldn't you? You've done oh, no, like this absolutely. Before. I would actually. I when I first came off Bake Off and do food festivals, it was one of the things that I used to make and demonstrate at food festivals uh, because you know you'd you'd bring along to a food festival one that was proved, one that you know food festivals are yeah, just yeah, yeah. Balance, you know here's some I prepared earlier, um, and I used to do savoury ones. Mm. Um, so layer it with homemade pesto or sun dried tomato paste and something like that. They were lovely. Um, and it's it is delicious and it looks fabulous, you know, even if you don't quite get the twisting right. Um, mm. And if you've done it before, it's one of those things. If you've done it before, you can do it with your eyes shut. And if you've never done it before, it must be very difficult to work out what you're supposed to do from written instructions yeah. because you have to visualise it. But somebody did it two or three years ago, certainly while we've been doing it. Michael Chakraverti. He did it, didn't he? He did a yeah. savoury star bread and the judges went wild. Um, so, yes, it was something that was probably three or four years ago, maybe slightly longer and, and very, very popular. And then everybody goes, oh, I've been there, done that. And so this group of bakers may not have done it before. But I think it's lovely and it looks super for Christmas. And it doesn't have to be cinnamon. It can be savoury. It can be anything you like. You could stick, I think, Nutella. Some people put Nutella in it and do it the same way yeah. as we do a puff pastry Christmas tree. Um you know, it's just a bit of very, very clever twisting that makes it look absolutely stunning. So it's worth giving it a go, guys. Anybody listening that fancies doing it, there's some very good 
YouTubes and things you'll find on on the web and, and make one for Christmas because it'll knock people's socks off. And you can do it with puff pastry as well. So if you don't want to make the bread, um, but it's it, lovely, absolutely lovely. It was definitely a very nice challenge, uh, a very, very festive and very accessible as well. I love that they're continuing the accessibility theme mm. throughout uh, the Christmas challenges, mince pies, something we've all heard of, even if we don't like, you know, Carol had like a tropical fruit one. So that's like, oh, I can get into mince pies that way. A nice bread, you know, as Jane said, you could just get a jar of Nutella and some dough. You don't need lots of ingredients and you can make something pretty. Um, I actually saw this uh, on TikTok about three days after I watched the burger. I was like, oh, there it is. Yes. So I was like, I know how to do it now. So there we go. So I thought this was hilarious. So when you're all messing about, you, you and Amelia made me laugh so much because you were like, you know, I'm not quite sure about this. Is this right? And she said, if it looks like a vagina, it's right. And you said, <laughs> I've never seen a vagina. Sorry. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> I must say, I feel sorry for your daughter when she hits puberty. In fairness, <laughs> when when Cods has asked me questions like that, I'm like, should we Google it together? Should we find yeah, out? yeah. <laughs> it's a nice bonding experience. <laughs> Yay! Oh dear. But Alison goes to give you a hug. She said, "Do you want a hug? Do you want a hug?" And it was the most awkward on-screen hug I have ever seen. It was oh, like. Was it? Where, where, uh, do, I, do, I, do we go cheek to cheek? Where, where, where do we go? I've written most awkward hug ever! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! I thought it was so funny. She was pulling me over. <laughs> yes, she was comforting me from uh, from the morning. Uh, I think she thought I'd gone and had a cry in the toilets, but uh, oh. no, that was that that was on my first season, not on the Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought George was funny. George made me laugh because he obviously didn't use all his dough and he was rolling it out and cutting it off. And he said, well, it's if it's smaller, it proves faster. Or words to that effect. No, it doesn't. Just because yeah. the yeast, yeast goes, oh, there's not much of me. I better actually go a little bit faster. It doesn't go faster. <laughs> I think he was joking, wasn't he? I do. I hope it's, yeah. the so- it's the sort of thing you say because you think it makes sense. And then you're like, no, that doesn't make no. sense, does it? No. I think at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I was like, oh, no, wait, no, that doesn't make no, sense. Doesn't yeah, doesn't so, work. No. I do see his point. Now, Howard, do you think this sort of technical challenge is, I don't want to say fair, because I think all the technical challenges test something, but this sort of technical challenge where the technique itself is pretty simple, but the challenge rests on kind of whether you shape it correctly, like whether you have the vision to shape it correctly? Because I think we've discussed this before. Do you think that's a fair technical challenge or it should be more focused on like the technique of actually making something? I, th- I think it is reasonably fair. I mean, sometimes I've said, uh, you know, if you were actually doing this from a kind of uh, cookbook or whatever, it probably would have an illustration in there. Although I, I've done, uh, there are certain Scandinavian cookbooks that just leave you, you know, to, well, to your own devices. You think, well, it's okay showing me what, what the finished thing looks like, but how I actually shape it <laughs> to get it to look like that is another matter. Mm. So I think it was, I think it was reasonably fair. And actually, generally, I think the judges were sort of, 
fairly nice, weren't they? They mm. sort of, I don't think they necessarily thought he had to look like the the kind of um, exemplary one, as long as it was neatly done and had some twists in it. So I think like snowflakes, there's a bit, bit of variety, isn't there? Each snowflake is different. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Unique. Yeah, good. I, mean, I think they try and make something very Christmassy, don't they? We did for our Christmas episode. We had to do some really difficult cutting of these very strange Scandinavian. I'm not quite sure what they were now. It's like almost like pancake or they were almost like Scandinavian poppadoms in a way. And we had to um, cut them in a very, very complicated way. But I don't think anybody minded. I mean, it was a puzzle how to do it but actually it was christmas and mm. they were snowflakes and they were lovely and if you were scandinavian you'd know how to do them so we don't mind as long as it's very christmassy i don't think mm. and the judges are always nice on these festive episodes aren't they even paul i think they are a bit nicer a little bit little bit little bit well it's also there's the, not the drama of anyone going home is there or as we said you know everyone's going home so it doesn't they don't need to <laughs> point out if someone's done badly they just need to point out if someone's done well you know so that's that's kind of nice yeah i think so too it must be quite nice for the judges as well because they can just enjoy and pick the winner they don't have to scrutinize everybody and say well they did better than that and that did better than that oh so i think mm. that person would have to go home they can just be like this is fun yeah so it must be actually quite a let off the pressure for the judges as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Carol, bless her. The instructions were twist away from each other. So and so she sort of twisted she them wrapped around. together. <laughs> I was like, no, Carol, away, away. <laughs> and yeah. it, it must be one of those things you just read the words and it just doesn't compute in your head yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And we've all been there. But I was, I was just sitting there going, no, Carol, away, away. <laughs> oh, bless. I have to say when I misunderstood the instructions because I pushed the cutter down the middle and I didn't really, my ends didn't really stick together because I didn't really understand how they were supposed to stick so they came apart. And I, as I um, did it, I was like, oh, I'm sure the bread will be nice because I'm good at making bread. So I thought technically the bread would be fine. But I was like, oh, I've really messed up that shaping. And then Carol's put hers down on the table. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> because she'd cut out the middle like I had, but then she'd made triangles and just thrown the triangles back in the middle. And then the twist was weird. And I was like, oh, I'm, okay. Well, I haven't, got, I haven't got as confused as Carol did, bless her. But they huh. were all different. Like, all the bakes were different. But you know who I thought did a really good job and maybe didn't get quite the... Um, kudos they should have got was i thought amelia's was lovely and i think amelia mm. knew how to shape it exactly but hers was really pretty and i don't really know what they found fault with on that one um because i thought hers was great so i don't know they said it was not consistent oh, i don't know who that, that was just what they said mm. so perhaps it just rose slightly differently and in one bit of the snowflake to the other but i thought it looked lovely as well she i think she did really well amelia. yeah she did yeah yeah I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I don't know why she didn't rank higher. And uh, and uh, Linda's, I think they said it was a little bit dried out, a little bit overbaked, but hers was the most beautiful. Hers was absolutely lovely. Yeah. Uh, and... And I thought I thought Linda was going to win, and I was shocked she came forth actually. But obviously, I didn't taste the bread. Uh, but and I mm. guess it was a bit dry, a bit overbaked, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about rankings already, Sarah. Sorry, I'm treading no, on the toes no, yet no. again. No, it's fine. It was a perfect segue into the rankings. Absolutely. So Carol came sixth in this challenge. Um, I think all over the place was something that was was a phrase that was used, um, and the middle shouldn't have been cut out. Uh, so Dan, I'm surprised you did well so well considering your middle was cut out. As I know, well. right? <laughs> <laughs> George came fifth. Um, yeah, instead of rolling his discs out to circles, he rolled out square discs and then cut circles out of the middle. I was like, oh, George, what a waste of dough! I know, I know. But a tad heavy on the cinnamon as well. But it was apparently that was very uniform as well. So he got fifth place. Linda, as we've said there, uh, came fourth with a very good shape, but slightly dry and slightly overbaked. Third was Amelia, who had shaping not bad. And uh, from the sounds of it, the shaping was very, very nice. Um, but she had good texture, good flavour, and it seemed quite quite close between the top three spots. Dan, obviously, you know, you got second. I did. And you got, you got quite neat and well-risen, good soft bread, good flavour. So well done, Dan. You have good bread. Thanks, babe. And uh, <laughs> Sophie... <laughs> and Sophie was first. Uh, very beautiful, accurate shaping of the loaf with good colour. And there we are, our cinnamon bread challenge. Dan, Dan, when he was being interviewed, went, I'm very happy with second, very happy with second. And I said, just keep repeating it, Dan, and you mm. might actually be <laughs> a little bit. No, 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 no. The opposite. The opposite. I was expecting to come third or fourth in that challenge. I thought what? from looking at them, I thought Amelia's was better than mine and I thought Linda's was better than mine as well. So it was only when they tasted them, they were like, okay, this is better texture or whatever. I thought I was going to be third or fourth. Oh, okay. No, I was happy to be second. So it was pure relief. It was, (laughs) because I didn't have the best morning. And then I, I don't think I was like bottom of the pile in that sense, but it was, you know, it wasn't the, the glowing morning that I wanted. And then to come second technical, I was like, okay, I'm fine now. I'm not bumping on the bottom, you know, so that's good. All good. <laughs> well, now it is time for some of your lovely questions. And thank you so much to everybody who has written in with some fantastic questions over this series we have loads and loads of questions so we have a couple of questions to answer here now the first one is from das from sydney so hello there and so das's question is um with regards to dietary restrictions are there certain foods that are off limits to all contestants on account of potential allergies on any season like if someone's allergic to nuts uh, well, I know definitely that Rosie um, is allergic to nuts, Rosie Brandreth, one of our legends. And I believe the technicals that year didn't have any nuts in, so she didn't have to handle them. But people definitely still use nuts in the tent 
mm. across the season. I don't think you can stop people using things. What do you think? I never had any restrictions. What about you, Howard? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think we... But but it's an interesting question. If there, if there was somebody who w- made it through to the, the kind of final group of breakers in the tent, I'm pretty sure they would have to make some uh, adjustments, wouldn't they, in order for that to happen? I'm thinking of... The, the, there are differences, aren't there, between when it's a kind of matter of literally life and death and when there are kind of cultural choices or or religious choices or or things like that or just intolerances yeah 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 but i i I mean if someone doesn't eat meat would they be made to make a steak and kidney pudding as a technical i i I don't know i don't know is there well this goes back to um freya who was vegan in Mm. series series 12 i think I don't think the technicals were all vegan, so I, no. I'm pretty no, sure she had to. No. She had to use the non-vegan ingredients. Um, but the only thing I can think of is is Rosie because people definitely used nuts in their signature and showstoppers in her season, but none of the technicals had nuts. So Rosie herself didn't have to touch them um, because whenever we have nuts in any of our bakes, obviously she doesn't uh, she doesn't include them. But there were nuts around in the tent, so I don't know if she had to be away from people who were using nuts or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Jane, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I I just assume that if it is something that could be a matter of life and death, I, we were never told uh, to avoid certain things, and I assume all the judges are fine with everything. You know, some shows you'll find one of the judges is allergic to shellfish, so somebody else comes in and tastes it. But we, we, I don't think any of the judges do, um, and we've never been told to avoid it. So you are far enough away from other people that if you don't touch their bench or shake their hands, you're probably absolutely safe from nuts and dairy and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think if they know somebody has an allergy, yes, I think they would avoid something that, like nuts in a technical, if somebody has a serious allergy. Mm. And, and that would be very sensible of them, and I don't think that's a problem. But as far as restricting us, um, we, were, we were never restricted. Well, thank you very much, Das, for that question. I hope we've uh, had a reasonable guess at uh, answering that one for you. And we have another question here from Colin. Hello, Colin. And uh, Colin says that the tips that we share on the podcast are are really helpful. Uh, He says some advice that we can keep in the back of our heads and say, oh, I can fix that instead of panicking when the situation arises. So Colin says thank you to you guys for all your lovely tips and tricks that we mentioned on the podcast. So I'm glad glad somebody's finding things useful. Oh, can I jump in in there? Because I've had a lovely message from Stephanie and Savannah who listens to the podcast and has done classes with us um and she said she did a class during covid and so appreciated the relief from that difficult time with the confidence you helped me acquire i plan to make lady fingers from scratch this weekend so it is absolutely lovely that people find what we do either in classes on or on here helpful and enjoyable and a relief from whatever's going on outside and she was the one who sent a picture of the uh, betty crocker 
moist cake mix. That, oh. um, this was two or three years ago, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, but she also, thank you so much, Stephanie, for this. Apparently, uh, there is now a reusable stretch wrap because she knows that I absolutely oh. hate cling film, but it's not yet available over here. But apparently, oh. WNP reusable stretch wrap is one of the best oh. innovations, one of the 200 best inventions 2023 so stephanie thank you so much for getting in touch and doing classes and um, joining in because we love that thank you and merry christmas thank you so much everybody who listens in who writes in who takes classes with us it's absolutely fantastic and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys so thank you and yes, back to Colin's question. Colin says, whenever I bake, I always play a specific album by one of my favourite heavy rock bands. I've done this for a few years now. And for the oh, for the four of you, oh, I'm included in this. This is nice. Do you have any traditions, habits or quirks that you've developed for when you are going to bake? I like that. So do you have any, do you have any music playing in the background? Do you have a favourite spatula or Howard? I don't know whether I, I like music when I'm baking. I like the quietness of, of just getting on with stuff. So I, okay. I wouldn't have music in the background. But I do jump up and down before I start, particularly when I do classes. <laughs> yes, no, I know. He really does. I do. I'll say it to I'm just going to jump up and down. So I, yeah, really I, 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 I can't start a class without my little jump up and down before I go. Oh, it's so sweet. We're like, how are we ready to start? He's like, right, okay. He just does like two or three little jumps on the spot just to get the energy going. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that's completely true. (laughs) Dan, what about you? Um, not really. I listen to, I tend to listen to classical music when I bake. Um, so there's that. Um, but other than that, no. uh, When I have a menial task to do, for some reason, I really enjoy watching Nigella. So if ever I'm like cutting up peel for marmalade or decorating Christmas cookies, you know, something that just sort of takes a lot of time, I'll, I'll have Nigella on in the background and she brings me comfort. I think I want to be Nigella Lawson when I grow up. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah Howard gets it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I actually, the other day I had an emergency. Uh, Sarah will know my Ooh. Wayne scale stopped working and I had to dash down to Tesco to just get a random set of weighing scales. And I thought, mm. I'll just get a cheap pair of weighing scales. It won't matter. I can always get another pair if, if, they're, if they're not great. And then I found out they're the ones that Nigella uses. So I'm thinking, oh, I might keep these now. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know they're not yeah. Nigella's herself? No, they're I just, know. just as... <laughs> 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 oh, Jane, what about you? Any habits or rituals for when you're all about to bake? Well, a bit like Dan, really. And I um, I have a wonderful CD. Well, now it's on my Spotify. I'm sure other streaming platforms are available, which is Christmas in Vienna 3. And they sing the most. It's, it, it is operatic, but it's absolutely beautiful. And I love it. And it was on telly. Mm, gosh, 20-odd years, 30-odd years ago, probably. Um, and then my brother gave it to me as a gift. And the soprano in it is a Norwegian singer. And that's lovely at Christmas. It only comes out for Christmas baking and mince pies and then present unwrapping on Christmas morning. But I don't head to Nigella when I'm doing something repetitive. I would say I'm a real Doctor Who fan. Oh. So I, 
I watched the Lord knows how many series of Doctor Who's now, and I sort of get to the end and start back at the beginning again, and it's because it's so familiar, it doesn't matter if I take my eye off it, and each one I go, oh, you're my favourite Doctor Who. No, you're my favourite Doctor Who. So I don't <laughs> suppose you get Doctor Who in the US, um, but yes. I, I'm, oh, I I'm think a, they do. I think Doctor Who is very all, big in the yeah. States. Oh, is it? So, yeah. yes, I'm a, what do they call them? Who for you? Who <laughs> something like that anyway, yeah. Big, big, big fan. Well, there we go. Everybody's different baking rituals there, whether we've got Pure Silence or Nigella or Doctor Who playing in the background. We've got we've got Ooh. something. So thank you very much, Colin, for that question. And uh, yes, please do keep your questions coming in, everybody. We only have our New Year's episode to go. Before that is it for 2023, but we will have a podcast next year. So please do keep your questions coming in and we shall store them up for next year. You can contact us via social media. We are at Bake With a Legend on all platforms, or you can email us thebakedown at bakewithalegend.com. And now onto our showstopper challenge. Now, this was a really nice challenge, I thought, sort of Christmassy without being too Christmassy in a way. Uh, this was a celebration cake inspired by a bake that has haunted you from your series. Uh, so still keeping with the Dickens theme here, which I thought was very sweet. So if there was a particular challenge that people didn't feel they'd done particularly well on, uh, they could revisit that and sort of redeem themselves. This was sort of a redemption bake. Uh, and this was a four hour challenge. Dan, I just loved the way you were introduced at the beginning. You know, you said it, they said you were one of the most decorated non-winners in history, which was really, really great. And then afterwards they said, Dan left the tent in week six after serving the judges a raw pastry fish. <laughs> I know. It was the worst moment. It was oh. dreadful. It was. I think I have to say. I'm sure. I mean, Jane wouldn't know because she didn't leave the tent. But I think the thing that su that sucks about leaving the tent is you always end on a slightly sour note, don't you? Because you're obviously going home because you made something that's a bit rubbish. And uh, just to go home having made that god awful pastry fish thing, I'm like, did you have to bring that up? That was so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the words was raw pastry fish. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was. It was pretty vile. Oh, but nice. I, I couldn't. So it was a redemption bake. I couldn't really redeem that because that was a pastry thing and it was also savory. Oh. So the only thing I could have done was made a cake in the shape of a fish and decoration in my strong point. So uh, I. Oh, I don't know. No. I mean, you say that, Dan. It's beautifully well, decorated. Oh, well, thank you. I, one does one's best. Um, but yeah, I couldn't do the fish thing. So I did. I did I'll do Spice Week instead because that sort of it was Spice Week was all a bit rubbish as well. Um, so yeah, that's what I was redeeming there. So it was a ginger, uh, ginger, sort of a spiced pear cake, but sort of ginger is the main flavor with the pear jam and also the buttercream, which they did put in the, the text was a uh, burn was that buttercream, which I thought was a revelation and I loved it. And Prue at the time commented on how much she liked it, but they didn't mention it, anything about it. They didn't show me making it. They didn't mention the taste of it, no. which I was a bit disappointed well, well just because Prue was quite complimentary and i was really proud of that because it's not something that mm -hmm. i've seen in many places i saw I, mean, I didn't come up with it uh, i saw it in a cake somewhere and decided to steal the idea but um yeah i thought that was really lovely and i'm sad they didn't mention it so but you got to see the decoration and that was i think i was oh. quite happy with the decoration in the end it was beautiful it was, yeah. it was absolutely 
stunning. I loved it, Dan. But you should be really proud. And those pear macarons. I know macarons yeah, are your thing. They were gorgeous. I, it was a work of art. It really was a work of art. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. Um, it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was absolutely beautiful. It was gorgeous. It really was. Aww, it was thank you. absolutely fantastic. And Paul was really complimentary on the macarons as well. As soon as I knew you were doing macarons, I, I felt really proud. I was like, yes. Come on, Dad, you show us. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, I can do macaron now. Yeah, one of my things. <laughs> and it was it was really nice to see you in the tent, but it was also very strange because from my point of view, whenever I've watched any of you in the tent, it's all been before this. So then I start yeah. hosting. And mm. to be honest, I was a little starstruck when I met all of you guys. It was quite, it was yeah. quite nice. But now, knowing you quite well, Dan, and then seeing you go back in the tent, I felt like it was like, that's my friend. That's my friend. <laughs> it was a really bizarre experience because I was like, oh, Sophie, oh, Sophie, she won. And a bit of a starstruck moment. And then it was like, that's my friend, Dan. <laughs> it was really sweet. So, uh, But yeah, fantastic challenge, uh, Dan. Your cake was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thanks. But, uh, but Jane, I thought you'd be quite proud of George because uh, his Italian meringue buttercream went a bit soupy and he went, I'm going to stick it in the fridge. Oh, yes. But just thank, thank goodness, because it was Matthew, wasn't it, in the last series that just kept remaking something. You know, well done, George. Just stick it in the fridge. We all know that you stick it in the fridge. It firms up. Because you've just, your meringue is too warm when you add your butter, therefore the butter melts. So well, as soon as your butter firms up, you're good to go. So good old George. It was lovely to see George in the tent. What a, what a darling he was. And I think on this challenge, he completely overcame what could have been a complete car crash, couldn't it? And mm. you saw at the end, it seemed to suddenly go from being really, really, really messy to looking like a showstopper. I, I was yeah. I think, going back to what you said, Dan, I think they don't have time to show everything, do they? And it's only once you go back in the tent you realise that they don't have time to show everything. But I, I just thought he did a great job. Good old George, well done. I just lovely. And to do a vertical Swiss roll in the time, the amount that you've got to do, um, well, I thought was very brave. And I was a bit worried about the overhanging bit about the top. Did he put it on a cake board? Mm. I think he must have put it on a cake board because otherwise that would have all fallen off. Um, it was on something, yeah. It must mm. have been on something. Mm. I was a bit worried about it all collapsing. But I, he did a brilliant, brilliant job. I think everybody did, actually. I thought it was a lovely, lovely challenge. Yeah, do you know what? I think George uh, was absolutely the star of this uh, episode for me. And I'm not saying that just because I like him. I thought him overcoming a complete meltdown and presenting something that was very presentable was such a, a like a, a great bake-off moment, you know, because yeah. it, nothing mm. nothing ever goes exactly right in the tent. Like, my practice bake was better than the one I made in the tent, you know. And I, I think I said at one point, you know, it's not brilliant, it's not awful. And then the tent, that's genuinely what we hope for, isn't it? We're mm. just like, if it turns yeah. out half decent, it's a it's a win. And I think uh, George's, uh, you know, there were two Christmas trees in the tent. There was Carol and there was George. I thought George was more architecturally impressive because it had sort of the overhang and it looked very realistic. Carol's was decorated maybe more beautifully, more colourfully, um, but George's had its, uh, its own things about it that made it great as well. And I love the lights, even though... I think Noel said it looked like an illuminated trifle, which I thought was a bit mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only because they said the middle was like a trifle because it was all a bit mashed up, wasn't it? That's I think a little compressed, a little compressed. <laughs> yeah. 
I uh, I did get rather major anxiety uh, with Carol and her dowels. Now, I've never used a dowel in a cake, so I, I couldn't tell you the best way to use it, but just to watch her pick up the sponge and then put <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it down. Oh, yeah. As it started to break, I was like, Why? oh, Carol, what's happening? And it just yeah. broke and she just packed it down. I thought, oh, be careful, Carol. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, was, that was a stressful moment. But again, hers came off beautifully. Once she'd added all the decorations and the little gingerbread bed with the little eyes... <laughs> It's, really it's amazing what you can cover up with a ton of buttercream. It's, uh... Ooh, yeah. Glitter, lights, buttercream, just get it all thrown on there. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Now, Dan, there was a, a rather sort of good TV bake-off moment as you put the collar on and it just smudged ever so slightly. But I just, all that was going through my head was, it's fine, Dan, every cake has a back. Just turn it round, just turn it round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a terrifying moment. Because the thing is, are you, when, when the collar is on the acetate, you can sort of change it and wipe bits off and redo it if it looks messy. But you only do get one chance to put it on the cake unless you're scraping off the whole thing and starting again. Now, mm. my original plan was to fill in all the space with white chocolate uh, so that it would be a complete collar. And then, actually, even if you smudge it around, it doesn't matter because the outside of the collar remains the same. But I ran out of time. There wasn't enough time. So I could have made it neater, but there just wasn't enough time, uh, And sadly. But I think it I still came out all right. It still came oh, out all right. Effect. I thought it looked lovely, absolutely yeah. lovely because your cake was really quite smooth underneath, so it didn't mm. matter at all. But speaking as a person who had so much success with chocolate collars in the tent, <laughs> um, <laughs> you... <laughs> You are absolutely right. You know, you can't put it in the fridge because then it sets too hard and you go to put it on and it doesn't bend. And then you're in a rush and it hasn't quite set enough not to smudge. Um, mm. and it's a very tricky thing to do in the tent, actually, as a chocolate collar, so I say. Um, and because you can't temper the chocolate because it will then crack and it sets too quickly. If exactly. You're, if you're piping... You can't use it with pet tempered chocolate because it would much set much too quickly. Um, so it's very tricky. And you did a stunning job. I thought it was yeah, stunning, it Dan. Was. I really, really loved it. It's beautiful. And I'm Jolly so good. pleased for so pleased for you. You're being very sort of now modest, aren't you? Jolly good. Thank you, Jane. That's how lovely of you to say. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I think the thing is with TV, the, the audience can't taste anything. So really all they're going off of is obviously the judging, but how, mm. how the cake looks as well. And I was pleased that I felt I turned out things that didn't really have any visible errors, if you like, you know, so they, they at least looked decent uh, on TV, even if the judges didn't love all the flavors or, or whatever it might be. So I was quite, I was quite happy with how it turned mm. out. I said it, it, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't as good as practice, but it could have been an awful lot worse. And I think that was the theme of that showstopper is uh, everyone was like, it's not amazing. It's not terrible. You know, we, we pulled something together. So I think, uh, you know, Amelia, for example, her ganache was a little bit soft, so she struggled with some of her buttercream blobs. But I thought hers was lovely. She was having a, a bit of a meltdown halfway through. I think just thinking it was all going to go horribly wrong, but she turned out something that I thought looked very nice. Um, and uh, and also Linda, Linda did the lovely um, uh, shoe swans. They were absolutely beautiful. Yes. I think were she did a fantastic perfect? job of those. Yeah, I did think I could have done that. Oh, they were fantastic. Proper shoe <laughs> redemption there. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, now, Howard, um, did anybody else's cake really stand out for you? Well, I think I think Dan's cake definitely, because I think it it's just it wasn't just about visually. 
Actually, the judges loved the flavour as well, didn't they? They said mm. it was a delicious cake. Mm. So I thought I thought you'd got it at that point. Mm. I really did. Oh, it's like... Well, there's there's still Sophie to talk about. Um, and so, <laughs> yes. Sophie, well, right, so Sophie made a Russian honey cake, which is a very delicious cake. Uh, uh, it's sort of a, one of the classic European torts, and she made it into this sort of towering candle. And then she made some bread that went around the outside. Her bread was a little overbaked, uh, but the judges loved the flavour of it. And I think the, the the taste of the cake combined with the height of it was was quite impressive. So I think, uh, you know, as an overall Christmassy presentation, um, I thought I thought she did a really good job. I mean, it's sort of, you know, I don't it's very easy to pick holes in everything that wasn't perfect. But you could do that for everybody, you know, and it's uh, I thought she overall she did a great job. It was a vision overall very impressive looking looking thing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't yes. Know. I mean, I thought the honey cake in the the center was a, a towering triumph. I really did. So, I, I no way in a million years will I have done a cake of so many layers and having to bake that. I, I just thought in the time. I know they don't cook for very long, but in the time, it, it's so much opportunity to go horribly wrong. But visually. It really didn't do it for me. The bread was, to us, viewing, um, did look quite burnt. And the cake itself looked quite boring. Um, I think I would have had to have put a flame on it or... I know she put the tea light in, but even so, it should have been a taller flame. I Mm. think I would have put an artificial flame in there. I made one out of fondant or something. White on white... uh, didn't give much impact. So I'm sure it tasted delicious. And the technical effort to make that cake, it was astounding. But visually, it really didn't do it for me at all. If she hadn't put a tea light on the top, you wouldn't have known it was a candle, would you? No, um, I th- I was thinking a sort of caramel flame or something like that would have yes, worked quite nice. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes, or... Yeah. or or out of isomalt or mm. something like that would have been much more attractive. So I just think, thought vis- visually, everybody else's looked nicer than Sophie's. And I, again, I'm sorry, Sophie, I'm really not picking on you at all, but it just didn't do it for me. I thought, I thought Dan had got it at this stage because yeah. he was only a little bit behind after the first two challenges and I thought he was so far ahead and I'm not just saying that Dan because it's you darling um, <laughs> I, I, I was not impressed especially when the bread was burnt and it was described as dry and overbaked. I just well I have to say I knew that Sophie was ahead in the first two challenges if you like um, but I did think I'd done a, a good job in the showstopper and I did think that maybe I had done enough and that was also um, magnified by the fact that several people came up to me and were like, oh, you've clearly won, you've clearly won. And I was like, no, 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 no. But I was, I was sort of adding up in my head. And I'm like, maybe I have won. Uh, but uh, I think Sophie obviously had done enough across the three challenges. Um, so, you know, maybe the technical does count sometimes. You never know. <laughs> wow. I, I think Sophie did say she ran out of time uh, and did maybe she did plan to do some extra decoration. She wants to do more, I think. On, yeah. on the cake, I, I also thought maybe Linda's was slightly lacking in outside yeah. decoration. I thought the shoe swans were beautiful; oh, yes, they were absolutely probably, gorgeous. Yeah. 
I was just expecting a little more pizzazz on the outside of the cake. Or a bit more Christmassy. Maybe as well, it was just a little, yeah, maybe it was a tad plain. Mm. I quite liked the overall idea of Sophie's and the sort of the wreath and the candle. Mm. But yeah, I think maybe if she'd just, maybe just been able to finesse it a little bit more, might have just been a little better. But there we go. Well, as we, we say, we on ideas, do we? Because we all have great ideas and go into the tent and you can't go, yeah, it was dreadful, but it was a lovely idea, so we're going to give you first. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mm. work like that. I mean, I'm mm. sure it was delicious, and it was a nice idea. I just thought it lacked, lacked visual appeal, and as we say so often, we can only judge on what it looks like, um, and we trust the judges to say how great the flavour is. Um, and I just, just for me, it, it, it just fell short, um, especially with Dan's being so stunning, and George's, Carol's, you know, Amelia's um, did look very sort of 1960s. I think Prue said it it looked old fashioned. It was definitely something my dad would have decorated like that. <laughs> well, would. My dad was a very, very good cake decorator, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it just fell a little bit flat for me, Sophie's, and I'm sure it was delicious. And I don't suppose for one moment I'm ever going to make. Um, a Russian honey cake because I certainly couldn't make lots of those thin layers will be bothered but um, yeah, it just felt a little bit flat and I don't want to be mm. all scroogey about it but, <laughs> uh... well I, I think there is a solution actually so we've oh, talked about Doctor, Doctor Who haven't we in alternative universes so <laughs> what, what Jane can do is loan Dan her cake stand and you could yes. at least do a selfie with it of what yeah. might have been, yeah. yeah. Jane, Jane, we oh. should win this. Yes. yes, there we go. I'd be very happy. But you know what? Listen, listen. Anyone who enters any kind of competition would like to to win it. You know, we'd all like to win. And you know, yes, I'm a little bit sad that I didn't win. But the most important thing for me and is just going back and doing a good job and being happy mm. with what I made Aww. and having and, fun. Yeah. And, yeah, and I did do that. And I think, you know, that p- p- people always think that when you get sent home to the bake-up, you're gutted to be leaving. But for me, and I don't know if it was the same with you, Howard, it wasn't so much the fact that I was leaving. It was the fact that I, I felt like I'd done a bad job. And that was what I felt bad about. It wasn't the fact that you get, you know, you, you know you might get sent home at some point, but the fact that you do a bad job is kind of embarrassing and it's not, not a nice feeling. Mm. But I feel like even though I didn't, I didn't win, I feel like I did a good job and I'm happy with what I made. And, you know, even the, the, the pies that they didn't like, I like them. And I know mm. that sounds like a, yeah. you know, like an excuse, but it's like, but I still like them. And I, I don't think I would have done it differently because those are what I like. So I'm so I'm still happy, you know, with, with, with what happened, even if, even if I didn't win, curse you, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> was your hotel nice? Did you have a nice weekend away? It was, oh, it was a nice hotel, but <laughs> They actually the hotel had a swimming pool, but they didn't tell us, so I didn't bring my swimming oh, costume no. with me. No, oh. what a waste of time! I could oh, have had a missed opportunity. It was very pleasant though. There were weddings there both days. Oh, <laughs> yeah. what, in the snow, in winter, <laughs> yes, in the dead of winter, Jane. In the dead of winter. <laughs> yes, it was very, uh, very, very effective. Snow on the ground. Yeah. Yes. Very good. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, I think that's perfect to just round up this podcast then. Uh, as you might have gathered, Dan didn't win. Boo. Oh, oh. Boo. 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 
pantomime <laughs> booing there. Um, the lovely Sophie uh, won. She defended her title uh, and she got Star Baker. Uh, she'd had a fantastic signature and technical challenge. And uh, maybe if her showstopper was a, a little visually under, under maybe what we'd expect of Sophie, apparently it was absolutely fantastic and delicious. And uh, Dan, I think you were a very worthy runner up. So well done. Well, as I say to my son, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's not that kind of competition. There's one person wins and everyone else is second. You know, like I was <laughs> happy to have done a good job. Um, and uh, But, you know, I think I don't think we want to start ranking everyone who didn't win. I no, think, you, were uh, sec- you were second. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you were. were definitely you second. Were. <laughs> you were. Definitely yeah. second. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is a side of Dan that I have never seen actually no. normally he's just uh, so out there and, and today he's being very modest and, and warm and, and generous to everybody you would definitely second Dan <laughs> okay fine uh, I think we all are when we get judged because we're, we're yeah, true. you know we, yeah. we like to think we're fantastic and when there's sort of an edge that we might be joking it's like yeah we're great and then somebody says no it was really good and you go oh thanks Yes, little of me. That's very true. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dan, especially for going back through that. It must be very, very bizarre to watch yourself on television, uh, but and then Mm. to come and talk about it on a podcast as well. Very strange. How self-involved am I? I know, (laughs) God. But thank you so much, Dan, Howard and Jane, for joining me for this lovely Christmas podcast uh, to go along with the Christmas Bake Off episode. And uh, thank you to all our lovely listeners as well. We will be back for the New Year's episode, which we are very, very excited to do. And uh, we will see you very, very soon. Have a great festive holiday. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 